book of Judges. And um, like I was talking to you about the Lord's Prayer, remember he says, uh, they asked the Lord, they said, hey, teach us how to pray. You know, John taught his disciples how to pray. And we want you to teach us how to pray. And every time I keep thinking about Gideon, that's what I think about. I think about the Lord's Prayer. How, you know, what is it, our Father, who art in heaven, holy is thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For it's your kingdom and it's for your glory, you know, for your honor, all those things. Amen. Y'all ever read that before? And it's not like you have to pray that. But a lot of times you, you know, you're like, you know, how do we pray? Teach us how to pray. And sometimes the Lord will give you a role model or, or an outline. But the more time you spend with him, you'll realize that that outline that he gave you, like, you know, anytime you do an outline, you got numero one. But there's a lot of A's and B's and C's in there. Then you got some sub ones, which are ones, twos, and threes. And I believe that as you continue to walk with him, that he'll begin to fill those areas in. Uh, because when you start looking at the totality of, of prayer from Genesis to Revelation, um, he starts to talk about casting all your cares, you know, upon him. It starts to talk about confessing our faults one to another and praying for one another that God would heal us. Because we know that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, what avails much, you know, whosoever shall what call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So there's a lot of scriptures in there on prayer that we can see a lot of the brothers and sisters used all throughout scripture. Uh, so the pattern of the Lord's prayer, you're like, what is that like? And it always reminds me of Gideon uh, or just different places. And when you look here, it's hard to see because, you know, it says, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So once we recognize, like the, the prophet came and started to talk to them at the beginning about sin that was going on, and we couldn't see it at that time, uh, but the prayer is, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if you were here a couple of weekends ago, this angel shows up. This angel shows up because we're praying and we're asking for God's will to be done. And all through scripture, we see where angels ascend and descend. So I believe angels have to show up. You may not see them, but they come to answer the prayers. If they came for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when he was here, like he told Nathaniel, today you shall see angels ascend and descend upon the Son of Man. Did they see angels ascend and descend? I never read it where they were like, hey, I saw an angel, you know, ascend and But he was trying to tell them what Jacob was doing back here in the book of Genesis, that he was praying. And, he was, and I know they said the reason why they write these things is because as they started to walk this thing out with the Lord, Different things reminded them as they begin to grow in him. And one of the things I believe that grew in them was prayer. Because, you know, they struggled with prayer at the beginning. He was like, you know, you, Jesus saying, you can't just pray one hour with me. And they were like sleeping. Like, you know, we're sleeping. You know, you come to church, you just fall asleep. You're like, you know, <laughs> and you're like, you, you can't. Uh, no, I'm with you. I'm with you, big dog. I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, man, I'm just tired, man. I'm just tired. You know, they're walking around with you, a lot going on. But when you start looking at later on, when years went by, you start to see how them brothers were praying three times a day, calling upon them. There's something changed in their life. And I believe that as we begin to walk with the Lord, things are going to change. But this angel shows up because let his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, God has ordained for certain things for our life. And we have to catch up, you know. 
Uh, give us that bread. I know we were studying the feast. I was taking Veronica through the feast and you know, the feast, uh, the Passover is always unleavened bread, feast of weeks, unleavened bread. So that unleavened bread they're having at the Passover, of course, he takes it and he says, eat this thing, man. Gideon, you got to eat some things. You know, Gideon went and prepared a meal and got some things going. He's like, I'm a, I got to put some word into you. I need you to eat this stuff and stop eating that other stuff. That other stuff ain't doing you no good. Eat this. Eat my word, that unleavened bread. We know Jesus was without sin. Eat on me. Whoever eats this eats my flesh and what drinks my blood. He's like, I need you to eat this stuff, Mark. Stop watching, stop watching the Eagles. The Eagles ain't doing nothing for you. Get away from the Eagles. Get away from all that other stuff you're watching. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, remember the Walking Dead was out? I was all into the Walking Dead with my popcorn and everything like that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the Lord, and and I, I, I can't, you know, I try to watch the games a little bit, but my mind just, you know, I'm into something else now. I got to check things on my phone. People actually think I'm watching the games, but I'm just like checking little updates. But I'm back doing what I'm doing because time is going so much faster for me today than what it used to. Because as soon as I get home from work, you know, you try to relax a little bit. And I got to get on the prayer line. Oh, man, I got Bible study. Man, we got to get the Bible study going because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And like, you know, I tell Sheila and Corinthia and, and, and Thomas, I'm like, hey, man, you know, we got to get our time in. We got to spend that time in the word of God in prayer. Like when you see the apostles, that's the reason why they started seven cats, because they said we can't. We can't get in the way and take, man, we got, we got to give ourselves to the word of God in prayer. They changed from the cats that were sleeping in church to the cats that were like, we got to give ourselves to the word of God in prayer. You'll feel that weight come on you after a while. Some of y'all will be preaching and teaching right now. Your life is kind of all like this. But then all of a sudden later on down the road, you're like, yo, Mark was talking about that weight because you got to get it in. You got to get it in. You hear me? So you got that bread. You got to forgive folks. All right. Lord, forgive me. And also, I got to forgive other people. You know that? And lead us not into temptation. Temptation is so big. We looked last week because they were like, why, God, is this going on in my life? Well, there's an altar to Baal over there. <laughs> you know, you're still doing things that you know in your heart you shouldn't be doing. Now, I know you can't stop, but we need to break some of this stuff up and we need to ask for forgiveness. All right. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for what I'm doing. Forgive me. And, and the Lord knows you caught up. I, I, I tell people all the time, I didn't know when I stopped the drinking and doing the stuff I was doing. I just, I, I, I made a decision to go to church. I made a decision to hear the word. I just made a decision because I couldn't stop what was going on in my life. I couldn't stop. So I just went and I just kept on going. And I can't tell you when I stopped. It was like six months. Six months went by. Do you hear me? It wasn't an immediate thing for me. I'm like a roll. I'm like a runaway train. Like I tell you, when you try to hit the brakes on the runaway train, they blow the whistle. It takes about a mile for it to stop. Mm -hmm. Then they blow the whistle again, and it's got to go backwards. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he wants to what? Restore the years that the locust is eating away. And I know he's ate some things out of your life. I know you missed some things. I know things happen. You said, man, you sit in your bed at night. You said, I should be here, but I'm here. This is where I should be at. But I am right here. But that's okay because he says, I promise you, I am going to restore the years that the locust has eaten away. If my people who are called by my name would turn from their wicked ways and pray and seek my face, I'll heal your land. That is so important. And that's what I wanted. All I wanted, to, I, I, didn't, I didn't need life uh, more abundantly. I just needed life. 
I, wanted, I got so tired of me, I just wanted to live. All right? I just wanted to live. And that was a blessing to be able to live. And then we start to see where uh, he takes on that altar that was put up for Satan, and he destroys it. Got to do it at night sometimes. <laughs> Can't be messing with the people on the block like that. You got to do some things at night. Get rid of that stuff. You know that? It's, it's hard sometimes. It keeps coming back. <laughs> you ever get rid of it and it shows back up? Who brought this in here? Uh, you did last night. <sighs> Let me get this stuff out of here. <laughs> you got to get rid of this stuff, you know? Get rid of it. I know it's hard right now, but just keep on coming. But get rid of it. Try to get rid of it. <laughs> you know? Satan is like, we, we spent a lot of money on that altar, <laughs> you know? Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get it out your life if you can. It's hard. Amen? And then we come to this place right here where thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All right? Give us this day our daily bread. Give us our trespasses. It's about, it's your power, God. It's your kingdom. The place I live in here, this world I live in, it's really your kingdom. And everything is going to be done by your power. And everything is going to be done for your glory. That's the end of the prayer right there. Y'all know that? This kingdom that we live in right here, it belongs to the Most High God. You may not see him. You know, we got the elephant and the donkey running around. They tripping. They running down to the capital. They mad. This is our land. And like I tell people all the time, what happens if the Indians, the people that lived here, got saved and started to call upon the name of the Lord? And next thing you know, we all on a boat going back to Africa. Cynthia heading back to Mexico. She's like, man, they, they took Mark, I'm going to see a girl. It's been real. Look, I got to catch this plane. You know, you should be, I'm going to catch it. We're going back to the motherland. We free. <laughs> we don't know where the motherland is at. We just land and be like, can somebody tell me where Fifth Street at? Oh, we don't have no Fifth Street here. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in where I fit in. Welcome home. You know what I'm saying? We all got to go back because God says, you know what? I'm going to reverse everything. I'm going to give the Indians back their land right now. They're living in, in reservations like they in a museum. And listen, what's crazy about it is, is that in our textbooks, you know the devil is a liar. Christopher Columbus discovered America. And we're like, but what about the people that were here? How did, did he discover them? No, they were just... They were doing dope and stuff, running around acting crazy, and, and we just came in and set up shop. That's not how it worked, okay? It's not how it works, y'all. If somebody discovered my house right now, I'd be hot. You imagine I come home right now from church and everything, I'm ready to stretch out people all in the house. I'm like, what are y'all doing? We just discovered this place. This is beautiful. Can you teach us? Can you teach us how to manage the land and everything? <laughs> That's literally what happened. Uh, Indian people, can you teach us how? You know, they're so nice and everything. Oh, come on over here. This is corn, potatoes. You know, this is how you do it over here. This is how, and they teach you everything. And slowly you kill them while they're going down the trail. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they were like, I, it was 20 of us and this is one left. And you're like, well, listen, we're going to let you live. But uh, go on over there and live. And that's what happened. Every time the farther they started going inland, they realized, yo, man, there's gold over here. And they started killing folks. That's literally what happened. All right? I'm sorry to tell you that. I know you thought something else had happened. Now, we, now West Africa and the, and the Indians used to trade together all the time. They don't tell you that. 
You know how in the Bible it talks about how there's rivers running through oceans? When you go to West Africa, you talk with some of them cats over there. They say, there are rivers in the ocean. You're like, how are there rivers in the ocean, brother? No, the river, you follow the river, you get into that river, and the river will take you where you need to go. It's in here. It's in the book. You just got to read it. Some fascinating stuff is in this book where people are telling you, hey, man, you can hit off this coast right here and end up in Brazil in half a day. Man, that's a three-day. No, hit the river, man. The river is like a jet taking 85, 90 miles an hour right through the water. They, and these brothers would talk to you about that when you go to West Africa because they would swim. You know, they have the little challenges. We got football, but they got little challenges where they would swim in the ocean to get to this island. The one guy was like, no, man, they don't know. They don't know. We hit the river, man. And they hit that river. They got That river is, you ever get caught up with the tide? There was a tide out there in the ocean. That when you're swimming, they're like, yo, man, don't get caught in that undertow. And you're like, well, no, the water is coming into the land. No, no, brother. That's an illusion. It looks like the water is coming onto the beach, but there's another part that'll take your butt out. And you don't want to get caught because people can't, they don't know how to swim in that. They get caught up in that next thing, you know, you're going far. You're, 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 <laughs> the beach is getting farther and farther away. And you get caught up in it. That's what we did. We didn't do lakes. We did beaches. So your dad be like, yo, man, y'all stop playing over there. And that's why the lifeguards are looking. They're watching because that undertow, man, would take you so fast. There are rivers. The Bible talks, there's rivers running through the ocean. This book was written so long, long before man came to America. It was written. Noah built a boat. It was common. We keep, you know, man wants to try to tell us like something. That, it was common. All the, there is nothing that you are facing that is not common to man. Everything you and I, ever since man and woman hit this planet running, they got one common enemy, an adversary. And that adversary's job is to create an illusion for you. That's what he does. Marlon, look at Marlon, look at this. Marlon. You like, come on, boy. And I'm like, nah, man. I'm floating. You're like, it's impossible. You know it's impossible, but you watch David Blaine. Anybody ever see David Blaine? When he come up off that concrete, people are like, no, he did not. How does he do that? And Satan is like, yeah, uh, I run this place. And people really believe that he runs it. But he doesn't run it because it is written. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I'm telling you how many believers are eating the bread from heaven. How many believers are praying? I pray. No, I'm talking about real prayer. How many people are really getting it in? Because I'm telling you, I was talking, we were talking earlier. It's, it's hard. It's hard to get into this word. It's hard to pray because he doesn't want to let us go. All right? Each and every, even when Jesus came, even when, even when God came down, placed himself in a woman, she gave birth to him, he grew up. You know, he went to the river. Remember John was out there getting it in? And John says, yo, man, I need to be baptized. But he's like, no, John, we got to make sure everything is according to scripture. And he baptizes them. And immediately when he's baptized, you know, the Holy Spirit says, hey, 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 hold on. Come on, let's go to the wilderness. 
He's like, okay. And Satan is always waiting. He's waiting for us to get out of church. He's waiting for you to get out of prayer. He's waiting for you to get frustrated. He's waiting for you to get angry. And Jesus, he's like, well, I know he ain't going to get angry. But hold on a second here, because you know he ain't eight in 39 days. Yeah. He hungry now. Now let's go. Because that's what's going to happen to you and I. We're going to get so stressed out sometimes that he, all of a sudden we're like, why did I do that? Why did I make that decision? Because he understands, be not mocked, whatever a man or a woman sows, that's what they reap. There's a scripture way back in Genesis that says, as long as the earth remains, it says seed time and not the seeds at night you'll be doing. And harvest time <laughs> will not change. Amen? So whatever we sow, that's what we're going to reap. So sow God in your life as much, and it's going to be hard at the beginning. It really is. It's like you're going to be trying to, you think you're going to be floating the land and something else is underneath you, pulling you back out to sea. Dietrich Haddon says the song about gravity. He describes sin like gravity. You know, you jump, but everything that jumps is going to have to come down. They said Michael Jordan can fly, but I kept seeing him land. <laughs> you know that? Nothing can be just, unless you go to out, of, out of space, everything is going to come down. You're going to run out of gas sooner or later. They try to fuel you up in the air, but sooner or later, everything has to come down. All right? So then we get to the point here now, y'all. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's all about you, Lord. And deliverance from evil is a spiritual thing. You can't fight it physically. You may recognize that something's going on in your life. Yes, you will. But spiritually, it's going to have to be a battle. You have to understand that. The weapons of our warfare will never be carnal, okay? So we look at verse 33, and it says, Then all the Midianites and the Malachites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. Verse 34 is the most significant one here. You know what it says? But the Spirit, capital S, the Rosh HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit of the Lord, came upon Gideon. We saw Gideon get his little life right. He destroyed the altar of Baal. Get out of my life. I don't want you in my life. Your weeds, your boards, your pipes, you know what I'm saying? Whatever you got in there that you know in your heart don't, don't belong in there. Get it out of there. Do it at nighttime. That's what Gideon did. He did it at nighttime so everybody don't know your business. You know, people are always watching, right? Look at them. They go in the church and everything, and now they're putting that stuff outside, you know? Do it at nighttime. You know, the Bible will teach you how to move around. Do it at nighttime. Anybody need to know you? They take it to the dump and throw it out. You know, they don't know what you're throwing. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. And that's what we want right there. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters. We are led by the Spirit of God. There is nobody that went into battle from Genesis to Revelation that the Spirit of God did not take them into battle. And each and every one of them, the connection they have with the Lord is prayer. They knew the word already, but it was just difficult to walk it out because the enemy has that stronghold on you. Know what it says? Thou shalt not steal. You know the commandment. It's impossible to walk it out right now. Got to start praying. Pray his will. Okay. so Gideon, man, he's in prayer and things like that. So the spirit of the Lord comes upon him and he blew a trumpet. That don't make no sense. We about to go fight. All of us got guns and knives and stuff. You come up with a trumpet. Beep, 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 beep. We're like, boy, get that stuff out of here. What's wrong with you? Man, I'm ready, man. With a trumpet? What you going to do? Hit somebody with a trumpet? Get it, really? That's how I get down, man. I need my music. 
when I'm about to get out here. You know, I got to put that Puffy on, that Biggie on. I need my music. Boy, get that trumpet out of here. So he, he comes to a gunfight with a trumpet. And you're looking at this boy like this boy on this dope. Even when I'm studying him, it's like, Lord, why has this fool got a trumpet? There's a whole army sitting out there. Russia's out there. China out there with their million-man army. And here comes Junior with a trumpet. I'm like, boy, if you don't put that thing back in the car. Now, now, the Lord telling me something. Mark, the Lord, I'm telling you, man, we're gonna, this trumpet right here, this is the key right here. You know, us and our music. <laughs> right? But he blew a trumpet. And Abiezer was gathered after him. So everybody else, you know, you think it's kind of crazy, but other folks love the music too. <laughs> Whatever he's playing on that little trumpet. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also was gathered after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher and Zebulon and Naphtali, and they came up to meet them. So this little trumpet, only God knows when you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with in life, you can't deal with it like you know, you can't throw hands. You can't be slick with your mouth. It's not the way you think it's going to be. All right? It's not by strength nor by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And this little silly trumpet that this guy keeps blowing is causing soldiers that usually were running. Remember at the beginning, they just took off, left. They went back up in the caves and everything, went in the hide. And now this little silly trumpet, because I would have smacked Gideon with this trumpet. Some of y'all would too. Let me come here with a trumpet and start, but you just throw something at me. Like, get that out of here. Is causing the men of God to stand up. It's not that 808 beat. It's this stupid little, you know, we heard the 808 beat. We're like, oh, okay, player. But this little stupid trumpet is causing people to gather themselves to a battle that they've been afraid to face for how many years? All right? And Gideon said unto God, verse 36, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, listen, this is where prayer comes. It doesn't seem like it's prayer. Every single change that happens in this book, somebody is praying. The challenge today that we challenged each other with at Sunday school is go home by yourself. By yourself. Get by yourself and pray. And let's see how many seconds go by before your mind starts wandering. Because the enemy is going to challenge you. He does not want you to break through. Because once you set your heart to pray, you leave planet Earth. Because there's a ladder that Jacob said, going straight to the throne of God. Holy is thy name. And when you start to pray... Thy kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is right now. I've got an issue right now. So you begin to pray. And let's see how, set your stopwatch and say, oh, I made it to 18 seconds before my mind started tripping. Oh, I made it a minute. Oh, I only got 22 seconds. I only got three seconds because when I got down on my knee, my knees started hurting. So I got up. Let's see how long it takes for you to pray. This is a real experiment. We did it in the school. Remember we go home to the little science project and whatnot? This is just a spiritual little thing. Just see how long you can pray. People that pray will tell you, man, it's better to grab somebody by the hand and start praying because it's something about being by yourself when you begin to pray. Sometimes you might can kick off, but sometimes, man, your mind is wandering, wandering on you because <laughs> it says the sons of God came before the throne. 
And the, and this other verse it says, and Satan came with him. You know what book that's in? Ain't that Joe? And the sons of God came before the Lord. That means that the sons of God, we pray. The daughters of God, we pray. And there's a ladder that goes straight to our father. And Satan came too. Satan was like, hey, everybody. <laughs> How y'all living? And the Lord is like, what do you want? Oh, you know what I'm doing, baby. I'm just kind of seeing what they doing. You know, I run this place down here. And the Lord's like, you don't run nothing. He's like, whatever. Uh, I don't want them praying. So that's what's happening. So Gideon gets in prayer because he's scared just like us. But God hasn't given us what? The spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. So that's where the battle begins right there. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. So he has to show up. But Gideon said unto God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I will. You begin to fleece God in prayer. Because he has doubts. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. He's just like us. I don't. Oh, I'm going to go down here tomorrow and I've been praying about it. I'm going to go down and see what's going to happen. But before I go, Lord, before I go down here and talk with these people, behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor. And Lord, if the dew be on the fleece only. And it's dry on the grass. Then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so, for he rose up early on the morrow and thrust the fleece together and wringed it out. And it was a bowl full of water. But you still scared. You still doubt. This is, this is a real person right here, Gideon. The one that's so famous and everything. It's a real person, just like you and I. He's praying, praying, praying. Sometimes it seems like it's taking a couple of minutes, but he's praying. And then Gideon says in verse 9, it says unto God, let not your anger be hot against me. Remember, they tell you only pray about it one time. Don't pray about it two or three times. It shows that you have no faith. No, Gideon's going back again. I don't need you to be angry with me, Lord, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with this fleece. Now let it be dry only on the fleece and let all the ground be wet. And God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only. And there was dew all around the ground. All of us have come up in the morning, left our jacket outside, left something outside. And you know the dew was on everything. So praying with God, it talks about how we, we start to commune with him and we cast all of our cares, even our fears, even our doubts, even our worries, everything that stresses us out, we give it to God. That's why prayer is so important for a believer. Water is so important to a fish and prayer is so important for you and I. Because if you take us out of prayer, you take the fish out of water, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's, a, it's, it's tough for us. You hear me? It is tough. You take us out of church or we, we ain't got the word of God, maybe we try to go home and it gets tough on us. It's hard. Then Jerubal, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod. After he came out of prayer, he goes to his brothers and say, hey, man, Come on, let's go do this. And they're like, you sure, man? Man, the whole hillside. Remember, there's so many people out there. They said they were like grasshoppers. Remember that? There's so many camels. And listen, these are warriors from different nations. Like maybe Russia came up. Man, China came with them. And so did North Korea. And they came together because they have one thing in common. They can't stand us. All right? They pitched beside the well of Herod so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Moray, 
in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. I'm telling you that God wants to grow our, our faith. So when he blew that little trumpet and the men of Israel came out from the highways and byways and came to him and they were in the thousands, he says, Gideon, without faith, it's impossible to please me. Do you know that? Go to Hebrews chapter 11 tonight when you get home and just read the Hall of Faith. You know how we watch the the NFL players get inducted into the Hall of Fame or the basketball player. Well, go over there and look at our brothers and sisters that got inducted into the Hall of Faith. Men and women that trusted in the name of the Lord, prayed and saw God do some mighty, mighty things in their life. All right? He said, you got too many people. You got too many people, unless Israel vaunts themselves against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. Unless Israel says that, you know what? Shoot, they had 25 people. We had 50 people, so we, had, we outnumbered them, so we just rushed them. In our mind, they can't beat, 25 can't beat 50. It's two on one for every one. And God's like, you got too many people. Because I need Israel to know, you're, the reason why you're in bondage is because of your sin. And when sin breaks forth in your life, uh, when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. When it's done, it brings forth death. Or all of a sudden, you, you, you know, your strength is gone. Sin takes your strength. It takes, it takes the power of God on your life. It, ta- it takes it away. That's the reason why uh, Adam and Eve went to go hide. Something changed in their mindset. He said, who told you you were like that? Who told you you weren't strong enough? Who told you you were weak? Who told you? Who told you that? Did you eat? Or did you partake in the things I told you not to partake in? So he says, you got too many people now, therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people saying, whoever is scared, who's scary out here? That's what Gideon says. So you got all these brothers over here, right? And everybody out there like, yeah, we here. But he says, go and talk to all of us and find out who's scared. So he goes to them and, and let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. So he asked them, and it says, and there returned of the people 22,000, and there remained 10,000. So all that strength you had just went down to 10,000. And you're sitting there like, man, I I thought maybe like a couple thousand would be scared because the way they came up here, they came up here so deep. But 22,000 left? Now you're sitting there looking, now there's 10,000 men. They look small now, don't they? Because they're like grasshoppers over there and all you got is 10,000. But God says, nah, Mark, it's not by strength nor by might, but it's by my spirit. He's trying to teach Israel something. He's trying to teach Gideon something. He's trying to teach Israel something. When, listen, when he saves you, he's trying to teach you something. And your family is watching you now that you supposedly saved or you go in the church. They're trying to see how you handle these situations. Are you going to go outside and start throwing hands? Are you going to call upon the name of the Lord? So who, who, there's a guarantee whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Or are you going to start cussing folks out like you used to do? Are you going to use Baal or are you going to use God? But you can't, you got, you can't, you're not going to be lukewarm. You're not going to be playing the lottery, but yet tithe. And it ain't going to work that way. You're either going to love one or hate the other. Do you hear me? And God is watching. You can fool us all with, the, with your little magic trick. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But you can't fool God. The anointing ain't going to flow. It ain't going to flow right in your life. The woman, when she was struggling, and remember there was many widows in that land, when the anointing flowed in her life, 
it didn't cease. Look, they, everybody else, you know what I'm saying, ran out of money, and she didn't run out of nothing. Her and her son and the prophet lived for years off of her faith. Because all he did was challenge her faith. He said, hey, before you, you, know, you and your son break off a little bit of that Kit Kat bar, let me get a piece first. Anybody else? First of all, me and my son are about to eat, and we're going to die because everybody else was dying around her. But maybe she had been praying. Maybe she was like, Lord, please, there's nothing too hard for you. Even though I don't see food with my own eyes, even though I don't see water, nothing's impossible with you. So this man of God shows up at her house, and he says, before y'all start nibbling on that Kit Kat, I need my peas first. And it didn't stop. And they kept eating Kit Kats until it was, oh, they had water and Kit Kats. That's my own story that I put in my own book, and it's 1999, and I'll be selling it after church in case y'all want to read it. Amen. Amen. Nobody heard that, but I did. $19.99, don't try to ask, you know, or your best offer. This ain't uh, marketplace. <laughs> I'll give you 10 for it. No, it's $19.99, and that's how it's going to be. But 22,000 leave, there's 10,000 left. The Lord said unto Gideon, the people are still too many. And you're like, I mean, what, Lord, what you plan us doing or whatnot? I mean, I know that we have this sin going on at the house in the backyard. Church is selling dope out the church. I know we got, we, I know we growing stuff, Lord, but are you, are you trying to set us up for a loss here? And he says, take the people down to the water because I'm going to try them there at the water, right? This shall go with thee. The same shall go with thee. And whomsoever I say unto you, uh, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought them down, the people unto the water. The Lord said unto Gideon, everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shall you set by himself. And likewise, everyone that bows down upon their knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to, the, uh, to their mouth, they would go down with their hand and bring the water up and drink it that way. Okay. Um, were 300 men. And all the rest... You know, they would get down on their knees, you know, like, like your dog and, and drink the water. So there was a separation. So you're sitting there and, and you're praying, right? And you're expecting maybe, you know, <laughs> the 300 will leave and you'll, and, and, you know what I'm saying, and you'll keep the rest. And the Lord's like, oh, no, 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 no. Everybody that's kneeling down, taking the water in their hand and drinking, you keep them and everybody else send them on their way. You're like, Lord, wait a minute. I don't watch the movie called 300. And I don't know if that's true or not. See, a lot of things happen in Scripture, and they take it and put their spin on it. Hollywood does. So now there's 300 men. That's all Gideon has is 300. And the Lord says, you know, I can work with that. Lord, do you know that there's so many men out there that it, they, the Bible says it's like grass. You ever see grasshoppers? You know when the crickets come and they fill the parking lots? There's so many of them, you can't help but ride. Every time you ride, it's like, you know, you just squish some crickets. You're like... And then they start to stink, and you're like, ah, oh, these crickets go somewhere. And the grasshoppers and the locusts come in, man. That's what he said. That it was so many people, you could barely see land. When you looked out, there was just so many people, and they came to kill you. And God is like, okay, send the 9,700 away. But you've been praying. And God has increased your faith. Yes, he has. He increased your, and you know what? He's, he's stretching your faith too. You know, he increased, he, he's taking your 
faith that he's like a, like a rubber band. He's stretching it. And you're like, Lord, don't, don't pop me now. Don't pop me. You popping me now because now we're down to 300. He said, but didn't, you, you told me uh, to fleece and everything like that. We did the fleece thing, Mark, didn't we? I told you I'd be with you, didn't I? Yeah, but you're getting ridiculous with this whole number thing. I mean, this, this number thing is getting ridiculous. He said, no, no, remember we just had this prayer. You and I, we were in prayer and we were talking about it. And I told you I was going to do exceeding and abundant above all you could ever ask and think. So I'm stretching your faith. I'm stretching this bad boy. Lord, it's 42 to zero. But didn't I tell you you win? There's five minutes left on the clock. How are, you going, how, how are we going to score 43 points? And everybody on the team got hurt, but now we got 11 players. So we got to play both ways, and there's five minutes left, and, and, the, and even our band left. The stands are empty. The other team over there, they already started partying and everything. And there's five minutes left. How are we going to score 43 points in five minutes? And the Lord is like, when you ask me where you're going to win, and you fleece me, and I, and I did exactly what you said, when I told you you're going to win, you're going to win. Now, be strong, Joshua, <laughs> and of a good courage. Be strong, y'all, and of a good courage, because the Spirit of God is going to have you doing things that your family is going to be like, he on that dope, she on that dope. <laughs> Ain't nothing going to change. Ain't nothing going to change for you. You still going to be the same. No, it ain't. You will change. Your circumstances will change. The place where you live at will change. Your attitude will change. Your faith will change. He'll give you mothers and fathers you never had. He'll give you sisters and brothers. He'll give you friends that you never had. He'll give you people that believe in you. He'll give you people that trust you. He'll give you people that have changed your name. They call you big dog instead of little dog now. You're just a little dog on that porch, boy. That's what they call you now. But next thing you know, they're calling you big dog because what they see is something totally different. And you're like, why are you calling me big? Baby, you, man, you got heart, Pippin. Stop all that, man. And they see something different in your life and everything is changing because God said it's not by your strength nor by your might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And God says, I'm going to pour my spirit out upon all flesh and my sons and daughters shall what prophesy. You're not going to be the same. Behold, you're a new creature. Ain't that what he said? You got to put some word in you because oh, you still got the NBA in you. You got the NFL in you. God's like, no, you put my word in you. Gideon, he stretched Gideon. He stretched him. Stretched him to the max, y'all. Left him with 300. And then you think that he's not afraid? <laughs> you don't think he's afraid? Let's read a little bit more. Verse 9. This is what it says in verse 9. Listen, the difference between the hero and the coward. Do you all remember that? We all played ball, right? Remember the coach used to come out with the hero and the coward story? You remember that, right, Chris? The difference between the hero and the coward is they both were afraid. One guy turned and left, and the other guy closed his eyes and started swinging. <laughs> Do you hear me? They both felt the same thing. One broke and said, boy, you crazy, and left. And the other one just closed his eyes and said, we're going to die today. <laughs> That's what Thomas said when Jesus had, when he was going back to Jerusalem. He said, let's just go and die with him. That's the only difference between the hero and the coward is one stepped off the boat and the other 11 stayed in the boat. We're like, Peter, you crazy. But Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. He said, come on. And he started walking on water, but then his faith failed. Just like Gideon right here, he's about to get scared again. And listen, if you're scared, say you're scared. 
You're dealing with God. You ain't dealing with us. You can have all that. Look on your face and everything. Oh, yeah. All and ready, baby. But this is what God says. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get down unto the host, for I have delivered it into your hand. So he's like, you want me to walk down here to this massive army of people? That's what the Lord told him. Hey, man, get up and go down over here to this army. He's like, Lord, stop playing with me, man. Stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. Verse 10 says, but if you fear, if you're scared to go down, get fear of your servant to go down with you. So it doesn't say that Gideon's scared, does it? But you know he goes get, right? <laughs> he said, if you're scared, go get Marlon to go with you. No, I ain't scared or whatnot. Yo, Marlon, what you doing? I ain't doing nothing. Hey, uh, go to Walmart with me real quick. Okay, baby, come by and pick me up. <laughs> now, I ain't come out of my mouth that I was scared, but I sure didn't go get Marlon, didn't I? <laughs> I'm, telling you, I'm telling you what I know. And verse 11 says, and thou shalt hear what they say. I'm going to take you, man, so close to the camp. I want you, these people don't even know who you are, never met you, and I want you to hear what they're saying out their mouth. You got to, sometimes, man, the Lord will give you a word of knowledge about what's happening on the other side because you keep thinking that that big dog over there running his mouth is, he ain't scared, but he's scared too. All right? But anyway, afterward, he says, afterwards shall your hands be strengthened to go down unto the host because he has to keep growing our faith. Then he went down with Fura, his servant. He went and got Marlon and said, come on, let's go to Walmart. And you and Al over there with the dog food on. <laughs> and you can hear the people on the other side of the aisle where the TVs is at. And this commercial comes on the television. This is what's going to happen. And this guy says, you see that commercial right there? You see the Eagles losing? That's the dream I had last night. Uh, it was like a star or something. Hit one of the Eagles and they fell down. And the guy was like, that's sure enough, man. That's the Cowboys beating the Eagles on the 27th. They were like, oh, yeah. And it says right here, <laughs> and listen, and the Midianites and Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along the valley like grasshoppers for multitude, and their cameras were without multitude in the sand by the sea. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and there was a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian, and it came unto a tent and smote it that it fell and overturned, and the tent laid along. And his fellow servant answered, or his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hand has God delivered Midian and all the hosts. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshiped. Man, when you see God answer your prayer and he turns everything around, so you can't worship right now. It's not until God begins to change your life and he starts doing it. See, he's, first he's going to start telling you what he's going to do with your life. And then he's going to make it happen in your life. And you're just going to sit there and awe like I just, you know, he told me he was going to do this and then now he's doing it. And, and you're just sitting there with tears coming down your face and you're just sitting there like, man. And listen, he knew he was scared. He knew he didn't have the faith. So he said, I'm going to give you a window of opportunity to come over here to the other side and listen to what they're saying. They never met Gideon in their life. How did they hear about him? How did they hear about Gideon? Because, you know, there's always some snitch on one side or the other. You know what I'm saying? And snitches get stitches. You know that. One of your friends that's in your posse 
is always running their mouth. They friends with you, but they friends with them other people on the other side of the town. Running their mouth. And sometimes it's your mama or your daddy or your auntie and them. You keep thinking everybody, you know, word keep getting, the stuff you said privately to your family keep getting to these people. And they're on Facebook talking big. That's when you said, you know what? I'm going to be slow to speak, swift to hear. I'm going to keep my words to myself. I ain't saying nothing because we got, <laughs> we got some traitors in the camp. Listen, you keep thinking that your whole family's saved. Everybody ain't saved. Everybody ain't saved. People come to church because somebody made them. People come to church for networking. People come to church. Brothers sometimes come to church because they got some women up in there. Women go to church. They got some men up in there. People come to church because they want they got they got some scratch offs and they feel as though if they go to church, they get a little lucky, so they want to scratch off to the after church. Dang it, man. I thought the Lord was gonna bless me today. <laughs> People come to church for different reasons. We don't trust. We don't trust in nothing but God. He said, in blessing, I will bless you. You don't have to go over there to Lucky Lucifer and try to get your scratch-offs and everything like that. God says, I'm going to bless you. Well, bless me with the scratch-off then. This is a $5,000 scratch-off. I don't understand why we got to do it another way. Because it won't grow your Faith And without faith, it's impossible to please him. So all these steps that Gideon is going through, all these things that he's praying about, God is answering his prayer long before he goes into battle. Because you're going to go into battle. Yes, you will. All right? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians chapter 6. You will go to war. You're going to fight the same demons that have been running your family for years. The ones that put dope in your family. The ones that put sexual immorality in your family. The ones that uh, put that spirit in there where you couldn't honor your father and mother. Stealing, lying, coveting. You know how your cousins would come over and your parents got you something nice. And when the family leaves, all your stuff is going out your room. And everybody's talking about they don't know what happened. It's in the family. But God needs to start with somebody. Out of all of Israel, Gideon said, why did you pick me? I'm the least of all of my brothers and sisters. And God said, I got to start with somebody. So I figured I'd start with you. Because Gideon saw that altar to Baal ever since he was a little kid growing up. And when God told him to tear it down, because I am the Lord thy God that brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the yoke of bondage, and you will have no other God but me. Gideon said, you right, you right, you right, you right, you right. You right. You right. Yeah, you right, you right. You know how we are. Yeah, yeah, Lord, you know you right. You know you right, you right. Yeah, you right, you right, you right, you right, you right. Yeah, let's go do this. Let's finally get this stuff up out of this house. And people are hot at you because you done threw stuff out the house that they were worshiping for years. Still going to church, singing in the choir, teaching Sunday school, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they know all the songs, they know the handshakes, the spiritual look, the way they do their hair, they know how the Holy Ghost dance and speak in tongues, but in the closet, 
Remember what R. Kelly was talking about? Yeah, grandmom got her stuff in the closet, and grandpa do too. And you realize as you got older that stuff is like a river running through your family. And when you go to those family reunions, oh, you can see it. That uncle over there is going through the same stuff I'm going through. Yeah, it was, you know that? That's why they say you remind me of Uncle Bobby. Uncle Bobby been locked up for years. <laughs> You're like, why? I got, why? I'm just saying, you know, the way you carry yourself. And, and listen, they don't know nothing about you, but when they start to talk about Uncle Bobby, your heart drops because you're like, how did they know that? You don't think, people, God is, God, God is only talking to you? That's what Abraham thought when he went to Abimelech. He says, Sarah, remember the lie that we're supposed to say? Yes, boo-boo. She ride or die. That's what y'all think like y'all ride or die. She lied for her man in a heartbeat. Y'all tell the truth. He is just wrong. She gonna lie. No, my man is a good man. And he would never tell a lie. And Bimelech says, the devil is a liar. That's your wife. Why have you done this to us? Well, I just thought because she's so fine that one of y'all would try to kill me. He's like, are you, what is wrong with you? So he just, you know, he goes off on Abraham. Then he says, and the crazy thing about it, Abraham, with all the lying that you've done and the damage that you have done to, to, to my people, the crazy thing about all this, Abraham, after all the lies you told, you know what God told me? Uh, uh, what did he say? <laughs> for you to pray for us. Uh, yeah, he said somebody, you're supposed to be some prophet or something like you're some man of God or something like that. Ah, uh, yes, I is. You've been in church, Abraham, all these years. All these years, you've been in church, and that's the best you got is running around telling lies. And you're supposed to be the covering of your wife, but you got her lying too. That's, that's, that's the best you got? It didn't start. The, the, no, is that the best you got? No, it isn't. Well, just pray for me, man. And, 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 and you know what? Go give me a couple of grand because I want to sow a seed into his life, this little liar. This is the father of our faith. This is a real story. Go look it up. So he prays for them and Abilabek breaks him off. I wanted to give you, you know what? Give him a couple more thousand. And you know what, Abraham? Go wherever you want to go and do whatever you want to do. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Don't bring your butt back to my house no more. Got rebuked by somebody he thought was a Gentile. There's people out here that have went home and stopped serving the Lord, and they understand this scripture too. And they know what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. Yes, they do. You ain't the only one, boo-boo. You ain't the only one, bro. There's people out here that know who God is. You hear me? We got to make a decision what we're going to do. And he knows we scared. He knows how we knew. He knows how Gideon is. And he worked Gideon, didn't he? He worked Gideon to build Gideon's faith to a place where that little trumpet, you know that little one that got on everybody's nerve? Everybody, the, the 300 <laughs> went and got them a little trumpet from the dollar store. <laughs> And the, and the, and the 9,700 are looking at them like, you know what? You think they sent us back because we didn't have a trumpet? <laughs> I 
I ain't, I ain't getting no little stupid trumpet. They can play that little trumpet if they want to. And that's what he went to battle with, this stupid little trumpet. Some victuals, they took some honey buns and some orange juice and stuff like that with them. And a lamp. Looking like idiots. Everybody else is like, these idiots are, maybe this is a sacrificial offering. Because <laughs> they going to die. Who told them to get that stupid little trumpet? Go back and read this, Marla, when you go home about this stupid story. It's a trumpet, y'all. It's a trumpet against an army. An army. And God will have you doing things that don't make no sense to you and it don't make no sense to your family, but it's going to bring you out. Amen? I can't keep you long. Maybe I'll finish it up next week. Or maybe we'll move on to something else because pretty much we got the gist of it, you know? It's not by strength nor by might. Get to sit out your house. Get it out your life. I know you're still going to be sinning, but at least get the physical <laughs> representation. You know, clean your ashtrays up. <laughs> Spray them with Windex. <laughs> That's what I had to do. My parents was like, he's actually not smoking. <laughs> get rid of the 40 bottles. You know what I'm saying? Get rid of the Budweiser. You know what I'm saying? Get rid of the malt liquor. You know, the Alizé, the Cristal. Some of y'all are expensive. <laughs> Get the stuff up out of there, man. That stuff ain't doing you no good. All that is is an altar for the God that you serve. And I know that, listen, as long as we're in this body, we're going to have some sins, but there are sins that will set you back. Amen? Anybody else got anything on their heart? Amen. Well, come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I know we're cutting it off early because the eagles are on. <laughs> God bless the eagles right now in the name of Jesus. But Lord Father, each and every one of us are listening to this word, and it's real. This is the stuff that goes on in our life. Sometimes we can talk about it publicly, and sometimes we don't want nobody to know, but you know everything about us. So even, Lord Father, as we go home, Lord, we're going to pray for someone say we're going to